and gentlemen, tune in to another edition of the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things talking about rising, Japanese MMA, Japanese combat sports, or whatever we do, just usually shoot the shit around here. <laughs> the main show Twitter page is at We Are Rising Pod, W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. Our respective Twitter handles, at Avenger1 for Andrew, at ChrisGary92 for me, but we'll get to the rest of the plugs. We'll get to the rest of the plugs when we get to them, as right now, joining us all the way out from Poland, I don't know which city specifically in Poland he's from, but still, this man is really changing the game when it comes to Japanese MMA coverage. He's one of the few non-English, non-Japanese, non-Portuguese or Spanish-speaking JMMA journalists out in Europe. And he would just like to, you know, I mean, he's on here just to put himself and not only that, but Polish MMA journalism over. All the way out from Poland, we have Daniel, whose last name I don't want to butcher because, well, Polish people, I mean, no disrespect, Daniel, but the Polish people have some crazy pronounced last names. So how do you pronounce your last name again? Uh, hello, everyone. I'm very happy to, to talk with you. And uh, here you are. Uh, my uh, last name is Jubitsky. Jubitsky, uh, my full name is Daniel Jubitsky. Uh, usually... Uh, I'm a commentator of uh, combat sports in, in uh, some Polish uh, TVs, and I'm a uh, MMA uh, journalist and kickboxing journalist uh, also. Uh, so we can start, I think. Okay, I see, I see. And before we even begin, I just want to ask, you know, how did you get involved into mixed martial arts and, you know... What were your thoughts about Japanese MMA before Rise, before Deep, before all these promotions came about, and before your interest PK'd? Mm, you know, uh, firstly, I have got involved into K1. It was in 2001. Uh, it was a, a broadcast in Polish Eurosport of the finals of K1 World uh, Grand Prix, uh, and uh, I I was uh, 12 uh, years old, uh, I think, uh, and a uh, couple years uh, later, uh, I got involved into MMA because of uh, KSW, Konfrontacja Stuttgart, Martial Arts Confrontation, uh, for the um, one uh, reason I think uh, because uh, at that time I was training I was starting training Taekwondo and uh, on the second event of KSW there was a Taekwondo guy Łukasz um, Jurkowski uh, now he is uh, still KSW fighter but he is also a, a commentator uh, of, of MMA uh, events and uh, that's uh, that's how I got interested into the MMA. Uh, later, there was a pride. Uh, it was a Pavel Nastulos uh, fight. Uh, you know, when I firstly 
so pride has uh, shocked uh, about a couple of reasons. The one of the reasons was the white ring. Uh, <laughs> I, I was only a teenager, and uh, I've uh, said to myself, "Damn, uh, the blood is very visible on the on the mat of on the, on the canvas." Uh, the the second uh, thing uh, that was uh, at the, which was attracted my attention that some fighters is fighting in, in full gi, such as uh, Yoshida or uh, Kazuhiro Nakamura. Uh, and, you know, the, the rules was also um, an interesting uh, thing, because there was all liberal, and but there was a ring, not a cage uh, like in the uh, UFC. Now, you know, uh, I've uh, got very interested into the MMA in the, the last period of uh, Pride, it was uh, New Year's Eve 2006 when, when the Fedor uh, beat, submitted Mark Hunt, uh, and mm -hmm. later the, the Pride collapsed and uh, I started uh, following uh, the, the Dream uh, promotion and, and Heroes uh, a, bit, a bit earlier. Right, right. Now, Andrew, do you want to speak a few words? Uh, well, you know, uh, just in your opinion, uh, well, right now, KSW is like the one avenue of MMA that people know about when it comes to Poland. Is there any other um, fighters or, or organizations that you want to just, that you think are good that people should pay attention to, uh, Daniel? Uh, you know what? Uh, yes, KSW is a very uh, solid uh, name on the worldwide MMA market, but... Uh, you mean uh, the the organizations or, or fighters yeah, organization from, from, or, or, from Poland? Yeah, organizations or fighters from Poland that you think people should pay attention to, to uh, should pay attention to or be on the lookout for in the future, whether they be UFC caliber fighters or Bellator, Ryzen, or whoever you think is mm -hmm. of fighters people should pay attention to, or or organizations. Uh, you know, this is the this is only um, one. Uh, real uh, competition for KSW is uh, it's called uh, FEN Fight Exclusive Night. Uh, they are not as big as uh, KSW, but they have a TV contract. Uh, they have uh, some, you know, aspirations. Uh, I think uh, they they have a couple of very good uh, fighters. Uh, I think. Uh, some of them are, are even uh, world, worldwide uh, level, such as uh, Mateusz Rembecki, a uh, guy who, who fought, uh, uh, I don't know, several, several, several months ago uh, in, in Korea uh, on, at the Battlefield event. Uh, also, uh, Andrzej Grzebyk, uh, two uh, weights, um, Champion of uh, FEN, uh, they have uh, also a kickboxing uh, division uh, with also a couple of interesting uh, names. Uh, they have good MMA fighters uh, such as uh, Shimon Dusha. Uh, uh, right now, I think you can uh, remember Shimon Bayor uh, from the uh, Rising Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the mm -hmm. guy? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, now he is fighting for FEN. 
so so and uh, I think uh, he will get a, a title shot, heavyweight title shot of uh, FEN. So yeah, there, there's uh, lots of you know talents in, in in Poland in the whole Polish MMA because it's it's popular sport. Uh, clubs are are usually full. A lot of people want to want to do it. Uh, and uh, right now we have. Uh, we have an effect of, of the boom uh, of for MMA in, in uh, Poland, basically. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, with that being said, Christian, uh, do, should we read the do the question first or at the end, or do you want to start the show? What do you? I'll let you decide uh, how you want to move on. Uh, can I? Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, can I? Uh, can I add something to yes. my uh, previous uh, talk? Okay. Uh, there's also uh, there's also uh, one important thing that uh, uh, absolute uh, championship Ahmad uh, is uh, doing uh, lots of businesses uh, in in Poland and uh, they are uh, holding an uh, events. I think there's uh, uh, two events per year in Poland uh, and uh, there's uh, mainly Polish fighters who are not in. KSW or, or in FEN, and uh, they have also a couple of uh, promising uh, guys. Uh, so uh, it's uh, it's some kind of you know rivalry between the KSW, FEN, and and ACA. UFC right now uh, don't have any plans for for the next uh, event in Poland uh, like uh, two two previous. Gotcha. I see, but the UFC don't have any pre. The UFC don't have any plans to do events, at least for the time being, because <laughs> quarantine. Is that the same thing happening with KSW and Fight Exclusive Night and Absolute Championship Akamai? Uh, you know what? It's it's some uh, kind of weird thing uh, because of uh, you know, for example. Uh, uh, they had uh, last year. They had uh, event in Czech Republic. Czech Republic uh, is a smaller country. Uh, overly, they they are smaller in economic uh, sense. Uh, but uh, I think that someone from from UFC is uh, feeling that uh, they are making a better business uh, in in Czech Republic. Maybe a smaller. A market, but but better uh, money. Uh, I think that uh, KSW's uh, uh, presence uh, in Poland, uh, the Polish leader, uh, is also some some kind of obstacle for for, for UFC. Hi, Cindy. Um, Andrew, can you excuse me for a little bit? Oh yeah, I no. think I'm about to have some interruptions happen. No <laughs> problem. No problem. No problem. Um, I guess we'll start off with the show, the Deep Impact 94 show, uh, which happened on March 1st, 2020, uh, at Kirkin Hall, uh, 11 MMA bouts, two grappling bouts, and uh, da da uh, Daniel, what did you think of the show overall? Uh, you know what, uh, hmm. I've uh, rewatched this show uh, yesterday and today, and um, honestly, uh, I'm not very impressed uh, with with uh, 
that hold yeah. out uh, yeah. some uh, very boring, uh, some very boring bouts. Uh, couple of very good names, a couple of uh, upsets. Uh, but uh, I think uh, that uh, we will talk about it uh, a little bit later. Uh, as usual, uh, show took place in Karakon Hall, a really special venue because. Uh, to, to get into the Krakon Hall, you have to go uh, into the building and uh, go upstairs by lift uh, into the other. I don't, I don't uh, directly remember, but it was a fifth, sixth, or, or seventh floor. And then you have a sports uh, hall. So it's 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 crazy. Like like the whole whole Japan whole Japan is is crazy. Yeah, you know, I've been to Krakon Hall. Uh... It is, it is like, I don't know, like, what's a comparable venue, but that's like, that is, that is the venue that everybody uses, uh, when, uh, for, for martial arts, mixed martial arts, kickboxing, pro wrestling, it's, it is an all-encompassing venue for everything. Um, yeah. Basically, it's the Kurokin Hall is like MS, I mean, it's like Madison Square Garden for Japanese sports but yeah. please continue yeah kind of but the thing is that like mass square are just so much bigger corkin hall is kind of just like i'm trying to think of like what it's like just where like it's centrally located in tokyo easy to get to by train uh taxi what have you so that's why everybody uses it also right next to the tokyo dome so that's also why you know it's uh right in tokyo dome city uh, but yeah, you know, Kirken Hall, like Daniel said, Kirken Hall is a very, uh, very, very special venue and a very recognizable venue because of their orange seats. Uh, so yes, and, and, it, and it has, yes, a very convenient uh, orange uh, seats. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I love the venue very much. I do too, I do too. Um, so with that being said, uh, Christian, do you want, are you able to start off with the first uh, bout or would you like me to take over for the time being? Yeah, you can go ahead and take over for the first couple of bouts. I'm just trying to get myself situated. No problem, no problem. Go ahead no and problem. get the fight card started, dude. No, no problem. The first fight uh, was a grappling bout uh, and the only uh, women's match on the card. It was a grappling bout between Momoka Yoshikawa versus Maya. 108 pounds uh, and... It was under grappling rules, one round, five minutes. Now, it ended in a draw, even though it shouldn't have. Um, actually, no contest. Uh, no contest. So, I want to... Did, did you watch this bout, uh, Daniel? Uh, yes, I've watched this bout. Uh, you know, uh, the both uh, grappling bout from Deep 94 was uh, non-competitive bouts. So it was... Uh, Totally ex uh, exhibition, and uh, that's why there was no no winner uh, in the in the end of uh, each of it. Uh, from uh, what I remember, uh, it was a uh, ah Yoshikawa uh, submitted uh, uh, yes. her opponent by armbar, uh, yeah. but there was uh, you know as I said it was an exhibition. Uh, Yoshikawa uh, is from uh, Nagano, and uh, she ha she don't have any uh, profession. She don't uh, uh, has any any professional fights. Uh, but if you uh, 
take a look at uh, her amateur record, it was only three fights, uh, you will uh, recognize uh, Mitsuki Hirata from uh, one championship. Uh, it was uh, at the deep event uh, from what I remember, but uh, yeah, this is the only uh, you know, recognizable uh, name. Uh, Maya, uh, from the other hand, is uh, even uh, less uh, experienced, uh, only one uh, amateur bout, also a kickboxing bout, uh, uh, and uh, she is uh, training in uh, one of the Parestra clubs. Uh, Parestra has uh, their own, uh, has its own network in, in uh, lots of places, uh, and uh, she's uh, from Kashiwa, from Chiba Prefecture. Uh, and uh, and both of the girls are, are very young. Uh, uh, one uh, girl, I think, uh, Yoshikawa is from 2002 and Maya is from 2003. Yes, they're both very young. One year difference. Uh, Yoshikawa 18, Maya 17. Uh, but, uh, you know what? It was funny because I'm watching this and I see Yoshikawa go get the armbar. I'm like, oh, okay, she's a winner. And then they restart. I'm like, oh, maybe is it best? Is it best until the uh, uh number until the end of the round? She submits her again, armbar, and then they start her again, and then the round ends, and I'm and then they raise both hands. I'm like, wait, what? Why? And yeah, you're right. It's an exhibition bout. I think that's a. I don't like that. I don't like exhibition bout. Just declare a winner. Just declare a winner. I mean, Yoshikawa basically was a winner, but I mean, record wise, it goes down as a no contest. Which I think is a little bit lame, in my personal opinion. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, on that, Daniel. You know what? Uh, in my opinion, um, maybe no pressure is better for for audience because uh, when there is no pressure, uh, the competitors can test uh, can can test lots of you know uh, things. Uh, they don't have a pressure that uh, if they. Uh, lose uh, or, or you know lose uh, position they can uh, take a risk uh, then, ca then they can afford to, to lose a dominant uh, position so uh, from the other hand the, the, the you know uh, the exhibition thing is a good for the um, performance uh, thing uh, the it's uh, I think it's more interesting I don't know uh, if you like the competitive graphing such as, uh, you know, uh, BJJ championships or, or Abu Dhabi combat, but uh, personally I'm not a fanatic of pure grappling, pure competitive grappling, because it's, for me, it's a bit uh, too, uh, you know, too for, too, um, in, you know, uh, the fanatics can enjoy. Uh, mm -hmm. the Abu Dhabi competition, but not uh, every every people, <laughs> not every human. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of grappling bouts, um, but I, I much would prefer a winner um, and, and be declared. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but uh, we'll talk about a little bit about the uh, the more, uh, the, the higher level grappling bout later. Uh, we'll move on to the next match. Uh, the first MMA match of the card, Masato Nakamura versus Rikito Tago defeated, Nakamura defeated Tago by unanimous decision, two rounds, 10 minutes, 115 pound match. He is, uh, Nakamura is now three and five, while Tago went, is now one and three. And, um, 
So uh, one of the things I've noticed, but we'll, we'll definitely talk about or notice as the uh, as the card gets higher, is that the competition gets much more heavier, and you see a lot more finishes. You, uh, with these beginning fighters, you notice that they're that they're very they seem to be very hesitant. They don't have the best records, and I saw that with this Nakamura Tago match. Um, you have any thoughts on this match, uh, Daniel? Uh, you know, Nakamura was uh, better in the in stand-up uh, when he, it was uh, at the beginning of both rounds. When Nakamura was winning the exchanges, uh, then uh, Tago went for a takedown and for a successful takedown. Uh, uh, on the uh, in the second round, uh, Nakamura, uh, I think uh, he was able to. Uh, to sweep, I don't remember directly, but uh, Nakamura uh, uh, made a, some kind of Nelson. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. A t yeah, was it like a? It was like a full Nelson or half Nelson? Something. Yeah, it would be crazy. It would be uh, submission. It would be tap out. Uh, but it, nothing like that uh, took place. Uh, but uh, since. This uh, Nelson attempt, uh, Nakamura uh, maintained the dominant position, and uh, he uh, he he was uh, he awarded a, a, a win. Uh, what uh, also I can tell you about uh, the Nakamura that later he had uh, a fight uh, in in the first event of Brawl International uh, in Guam. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um. And uh, anything you could tell us about uh, his opponent, Tago? If you happen to know anything offhand. If you don't, that's fine. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Tago, uh, the only thing that uh, Tago uh, made very good was the takedowns. Uh, he had two attempts and two successful takedowns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, yes, 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 he did. Yes, he did. Um, those if and, and uh, you know, uh, the one thing that I want to talk about Tago that uh, he has uh, good uh, amateur results uh, because uh, he he has some successes. I think uh, he uh, went very high in in uh, shoot uh, all Japan shooter championships in, in I think it was uh, two years ago. Uh, but now, if you are even if you are successful uh, in terms of uh, amateur fighting, it it uh, doesn't uh, doesn't mean that you will be successful in in professional uh, fighting. But uh, to be honest, uh, shooto uh, training system, you know, uh, classes uh, of uh, shooto fighters. This is a very um, smart system, uh, I think, and and. Uh, Japanese. That's why Japanese have, uh, uh, you know, enormous pool of uh, talent, especially in the lower weight classes. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Uh, and this. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on because I've been hearing everything, and of course, well, I just came back into the fray. <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, sorry about my absence, but. Still, let's go ahead and get going with the rest of this card. The flyweight bout at 125 pounds or 57 kgs. Kazuki Shibuya upped his record to 6 and 7, defeating Yasutaka Ishigami 8 and 8 via split decision. 
Ishigami, 26 years old, from Higashi Yamato, Tokyo, Japan, representing Nexus Sense. Higashi Ishigami from Tachikami, Ishigawa, from Koto, Tokyo, Japan, is, well, actually, Ishigawa from, shit, what am I going to say? Ishigami from Tokyo, Japan, is 36 years old. Now, I have to ask, this fight was readily available, this fight, much like all the fights on the card, were readily available as it was shown on the YouTube stream for Deep Fighting Championships. So, I have to ask, what were your thoughts on this fight if y'all seen what happened in this fight? Uh, I'll pass it off to you, Daniel. Uh, you know, this is uh, good. This fight is a good example uh, how uh, the judges are scoring the deep, uh, the, the bouts in deep. Because uh, during that 10 minutes of fight, uh, Ishigami was uh, more often in the uh, dominant position on the ground, but from the other hand, Kazuki Shibuya uh, land, uh, has landed some uh, strong punch, uh, and uh, there was a knockdown uh, by, uh, by, by this punch, and later he was trying uh, to do something uh, on the ground from his back. And I think that two factors uh, led him uh, to the win in the scorecards. Yeah, but uh, it was a split decision win. So, you know, one judge obviously saw uh, uh, that each of the opponents won. But, you know, that's interesting. You know, again, that, that's, the, that's the ununified rules of uh, Japan. I, I it w if this was a unified rules match, probably Ishigami would have won. Probably that's what I'm yeah, guessing. I think so. Um, but yeah, because you know Japan, they it's you know uh, I'm assuming the deep does the whole 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 they judge the whole thing, not just one, round by round and damage and all that stuff. You know that's why Shibuya was able to get away with the win. Um, what do you think about uh, Kazuki Shibuya? Um, his record—he can improve his record with two more fights. Um, what is your what do you what's your takeaway um, about him, uh, Daniel? Uh, you know, this uh, fight uh, slightly showed us that uh, Shibuya is a good rapper, uh, but he has uh, some you know. Uh, lags in, in his uh, wrestling game. Uh, from the other hand, his his opponent uh, was is training in a very good gym, Wajitsu Keishukai. Uh, if you uh, see this uh, name of gym, you also see you know uh, Yushinokami, Akira Shoji, and uh, lots uh, of more. Also Kaoluno. Uh, so yeah, this is a very good uh, grappling and uh, wrestling. Uh, uh, MMA gym, uh, so it's it's also it's on the other hand not uh, very shocking that Ishigami was better at, at the wrestling game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, other than that, you know, that nothing else really I can think of to say about this match. Um, uh, so, Christian, you want to move on to the next match? Yeah, let's go ahead and move on and move up ten pounds. As the next fight we're talking about is a bantamweight bout 
Kunihisa Sasa defeated Fujito Hashan Hashigawa via decision. Unanimous decision after two five-minute rounds. Sasha from Nigata, Japan, representing Tribe Tokyo MMA, improved the five and one. Hasegawa from Nagoya Aichi, Japan, and next sports dropped to 15, 14, and 5. Any mm-hmm. thoughts about this fight? Daniel? Uh, I think that uh, that was the uh, worst fight of the night because, uh, uh, from uh, firstly, Sasa mm, dominated uh, more uh, experienced opponents uh, in terms of wrestling, but uh, the whole fight was, you know, uh, fans stalling, uh, it was uh, laying and praying when he, when the action uh, uh, took down uh, was took uh, was uh, was took down. So so you know not very. I I don't have uh, lots of words about about uh, this fight. Just you know typical uh, wrestling uh, match in in MMA. No, I agree. I have nothing really more to say about this as well. Um, it's so funny that the guy who has the less record, a uh, total of uh, six fights now, beat the guy who has a t- uh, fight record uh, of total fights of 29 now. I just thought that's an interesting little fact. But, um, yeah, definitely... But you know what? Uh, from the other hand, uh, in, in Japan, you have a lot of matchmaking like this. You have lots of uh, experienced, fight- experienced fighters who, who are just uh, uh, gatekeepers for the... For the uh, younger and uh, more promising uh, uh, fighters. Uh, this time, uh, Sasa won. Uh, he's a uh, uh, he's a you know pupil of the um, Rio Chonan because the tribe Tokyo MMA is a Rio Chonan's mm-hmm. uh, gym, and uh, we'll see what uh, he will do in the in the future. Uh, I have uh, a desire that uh, he can. <laughs> He can uh, fight a bit, a bit more spectacular. Uh, the one interesting thing about uh, Sasa is that uh, he is uh, uh, Shuto uh, amateur champion of Japan from 2016. Okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, this is definitely not the. This was the least exciting fight on the card in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, a nice, a, a nice pill to go to sleep. Uh, you uh, need to go to sleep is to put on this fight. <laughs> uh, barring that, uh, Christian, let's move on to the next bout of let's go up another weight class. Yes, let's go up another 10 pounds and into the featherweight division, the 145-pound weight class, as Koyakanda defeated Raiki Endo via decision, unanimous decision after two five-minute rounds. Kanda, the native... Uh, Kashiwa Chiba Japan fighting out of Foresta Kashiwa improved to 5 and 2. Endo, the native of Sapporo Hokkaido Japan, and Power Dreams to 28 years old, drops to 11 and 6. Thoughts about this fight? Uh, you know, uh, from the young uh, fighters, uh, Kanda is uh, one of the more promising. Uh, uh, fighters, uh, Kanda had uh, in this fight, Kanda had uh, slightly uh, height and reach advantage. Uh, he has uh, 
quite interesting uh, fighting style, aggressive stand-up, uh, also very good knees. Uh, he landed a couple of uh, knees on the on the body and uh, head of uh, his opponent. Uh, but in my opinion, uh, in this bout, uh, you know, as a spectator, uh, I wanted a bit more fireworks, but definitely. Poyakanda is a guy who uh, I will follow and uh, see if he can uh, he, if he can bring his game into the into the another level. But definitely uh, he is uh, an interesting uh, fighter. Yeah, so one thing I that you'll notice that the fighters at the beginning of the card just don't have the I guess the fight IQ or the the way, just that experience of knowing uh, of finishing that fight. So that's why a lot of them, you know, they seem to kind of just be playing it safe. That's at least the uh, impression I got. You know, from the other hand, uh, Endo has a quite good record. Uh, mainly he was fighting uh, in Hokkaido, uh, in, in uh, you know, uh, local circuit, uh, but uh, Porkanda is it's a, a bit, uh, you know, maybe it's not big win for him, but uh, he took next step to to make his career maybe more bigger, maybe not at this stage. Uh, we don't, uh, uh, we can't say some things, but, but yes, I think he's very promising. Now, before we go on to, uh, uh, well, actually, no, I guess we'll go on to, on to the next fight because it's the last of the, I guess I'll call it the, the quote, prelims. So, and then I'll, I'll ask a question after that. So, uh, uh, Christian, uh, let's move on. Let's go up one more late class for this very interesting fight that ended in a very weird way. Yes, let's go up another weight class, another 10 pounds. To the lightweight division, 155 pounds. Ah, damn it. Let me do that over again. Takuya Kenosuke Oyama defeated Harry Stallone via disqualification, via an illegal kick to the downed opponent by Stallone. Two minutes, 57, round number one. Oyama. The native uh, Muka Toshiki, Japan, fighting out of in-fight Japan, 35 years old, improves 9 and 7. Harry Stallone, if that is his real name, <laughs> a Brazilian defect from Japan. Well, actually, a Brazilian defection representing Jorge Macacau Patino's gold team in Kosai Chizuoka, Japan, a subsidiary of the Macaukau Gold Team training camp in Houston, Texas, USA, Stallone drops to 0 and 2, 27 years old. Now, I have to ask about this particular fight other than what y'all thought of it. <laughs> I know that Deep has some different rules compared to other MMA promotions. As a matter of fact, their rules borderline on Ryzen and the unified rules. So this finish is kind of surprising. I don't know if y'all seen this. I mean, I don't know if y'all seen this particular fight or knew what the hell happened. But, I mean, do y'all think that 
you know, Harry Stallone kind of got confused as to, you know, if soccer kicks was going to play a factor to this fight. And, I mean, do you think that the rules should be explained more clearly when it comes down to fights such as these? Uh, you know what? Uh, I have the same problem as you. Uh, because uh, they... Shigeru Sayaki should, uh, you know, as you said, uh, talk uh, about the rules very, you know, uh, in a uh, sincere way. Uh, to, 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 be, to be more clear about the, the rule set, uh, because both to the fighters, especially the foreign, foreign fighters, and the fans, because uh, I was very confused to, to see, you know, soccer kicks on the previous uh, events, a couple of uh, previous events, and, uh, you know, it was uh, in previous events, in uh, at the 93, sorry, 92, uh, when Tatsuya Mizuno won by disqualification because of illegal ground knees with uh, Ryo Sakai. And, uh, to, to, to be joke to, to you know make a joke you can make a joke and uh, tell that if you don't know what's the rule set in deep you should uh, look into the Harry Stallone's record <laughs> yeah so I, I want to uh, what you uh, just so I thought that deep had allowed I have seen fights where they have allowed kicks and knees to the ground. I am not having, there's no Mandela effect here. I know for a fact I have seen deep, deep fights uh, with that. And just to make sure that I, that you know I'm not crazy, Harry Stallone, first pro fight, deep 93. So the show before this one, he lost by soccer kick, which means that he was on the ground. Now, I don't know if for different fights, they make different rules, or if it's a case of, well, so Ryzen, if there's a, if, if the fighters, if one, if, they, if they're allowing elbows in the MMA fight, both fighters have to agree. So it's maybe possible that they do do this with uh, knees on the ground or soccer kicks or whatever uh, in deep. But, you know, I don't, th I think elbows, you can kind of get, a, you can, elbows is a lot easier to not train for, to, to get used to not doing. For the the rules with, with knees to the ground and soccer kicks, I think that's a, especially because since that's like the bit, it's they allow them in deep. There's definitely no there's no question about it. I think yeah, Daniel's right. Like there's definitely like he had to be confused over the rules. Yeah, that's that's the only reason. I can't believe that he would have been that stupid to to risk, uh, to risk uh, losing a the fight. There must have been confusion over the rules. Um, and you know what? In my opinion, it's it's, it's quite weird uh, mix of rule sets because for example in one championship you have uh, you have uh, grounded knees you don't have soccer kicks uh, right now in dream you had uh, almost uh, the same uh, without an elbows uh, in sengoku you had uh, uh, knees stomps but no soccer kicks. But here in deep, it's the, the, the most weird and in, and uh, a bit you know in natural uh, thing. I know that soccer kicks are also quite natural uh, move 
when you are fighting, but the knees on the ground are, are a bit are, are more natural in, in my opinion, but uh, overly I think that you know rising rules of rising rules of it's it's the ultimate uh, yeah. thing to be to be honest. I guess the other thing that he he may have tried to make he may have been trying to do a knee to another part of the body, but then that's he wound up hitting the head. I don't. Th that's the only other possibility. I don't think that's likely though. But you know, it's funny because I think that Stallone. Would you say that Stallone was winning up until that um, exchange, Daniel? Yeah, could you repeat? Sorry, do you think that Stallone was winning the fight up until that exchange? Uh, I think it was uh, too short to to do judging. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I guess you know, uh, in your personal opinion, Daniel. Does Stallone get another chance at deep, or did he basically just screw himself over by by this whole DQ thing? I don't know. Like, does deep like if they see a DQ, does it like, yep, no, you DQ'd, you didn't follow the rules, so we're not gonna use you again. Any thoughts? <laughs> no, no, no thoughts. <laughs> you know, I think in Japan, it's everything is possible. Uh, we will talk about the later fight. It was the I think it was the outset of the night and the style of it of, of the of the finishing of this fight. But but you know uh, you can you can uh, see the Stallone in the next you know three or four fights in in deep as well. So I, mm -hmm. I would not be uh, surprised by it. Yeah, so just so I could I I consider these match these 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 few matches the the unofficial prelims just because of the fighters' records and their experience and all that stuff. So I'm just curious to know, Daniel, out of all the fighters who fought uh, in the in the MMA fights that we discussed so far in the unofficial prelims, I'll call it. Was there anybody who who stuck out to you as the most impressive? Uh, definitely, it will be uh, Kanda. Koya Kanda, as I said, uh, he is uh, the most promising uh, fighter in the uh, first part of uh, this deep cut. Uh, it was not totally impressive uh, performance because there was uh, well, there was some uh, cage uh, stalling. Uh, there was uh, some, you know. Uh, boring uh, parts of this fight, but uh, his, uh, especially his uh, stand-up style is is um, very convincing in my opinion. And his uh, physical conditions, he is tall, he has uh, very good reach. Uh, so yeah, this is the Koya Kanda is the the most promising fighters from the first part. And it's actually funny you bring it up. He's one forty-five. So you know if if Ryzen needs. Some 145 fighters, hey, you got Koya Kanda, he's got a good record, 5-2, and two. impressive uh, performance on the deep card, so Ryzen, I'll definitely take a look at him. Uh, with that, Christian, let's move on to the what I consider the first fight of the uh, main card, the first official fight of the main card. Yes, let's go up now, back down 30 pounds, and back up to really the main card of this event. As former amateur boxing standout and the only man to take Tenshin Asakawa to his limits twice, Yamato Fujita defeated Shikara Shimabukuro via unanimous decision after two five-minute rounds. Fujita, who's 27 years old, 
representative of Reversal Gym Shinjuku Medway in Shibuya Indo, Tokyo, Japan. Improved the 4-3 overall in his bludgeoning MMA career, which in addition to that, also includes, a, well, actually, in his bludgeoning professional combat sports career of seven MMA fights, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, three or four kickboxing bouts, because I know he fought for K-1 as well. I, also, I think he was That's, also in the, uh, that, that didn't he make it to the finals of that uh, Grand Prix, the, the kickboxing Grand Prix in, in Ryzen? Was, was he the one that made yeah, it? Yeah, he did. He did. Yes, yeah, he did. And then got knocked out by Tetsunofuka. <laughs> and as and as far as Shimabukuro goes, Shikara, as of this recording, is, I mean, as of the day of this recording, the 11th of April, 2020, at 9.01 p.m. Central Standard Time, U.S., he's 39 years old, but now he's 14 and 16. He's now 14, 16, and 6, representing four MMA in Kita, Tokyo, Japan. Now, as far as Yamato Fujita's MMA career goes, do you think that he'll possibly get that call back from Ryzen, or do you think that he should just keep climbing up the ranks? Uh, you know, I think uh, that uh, Fujita should uh, take some wins in, in deep promotion, uh, and but if this will take place, uh, I'm sure uh, that uh, Sakakibara will, will call him uh, and uh, he will fight uh, in, in Rising uh, once again. I hope because, so. Because, you know... Yes, sorry, go ahead, uh, you know, Okay, okay, you, you, you can move. You can say. Oh, sorry. I didn't, no, I was just saying I agree. Because um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good fighter, especially because he has the, the lone distinction of taking Tenshin Nasukawa to the... Uh, it, to uh to a judge's decision in the uh main in in MMA and was probably is I, I think it's fair to say was the impetus for why tension uh had uh put his MMA career on postponements, um and actually he you know some people did say he won that match they some people thought he won that match um and so yeah I'm just surprised that Ryzen hasn't called him back um I mean you know he wasn't that that uh, kickboxing tournament uh but like not for an MMA match at all. And with, you know, I don't know if it's because he wants to be, he's a 125er, Ryzen's 125 division is kind of not there. Um, so I don't know if he would want to go up the 135 uh, potentially, because that seems to be where Ryzen seems to be focusing on. So, um, yeah, I hope that Ryzen gives him a callback, but um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Daniel, uh, finish your point. Uh, you know, I want to say a couple of words about this fight because, you know, as uh, we said uh, on the beginning of the, of the, of the you know, uh, talk about this fight, uh, Fujita is a boxer. We know Fujita from the Rising. He was also fighting in uh, Rise, in kickboxing. Uh, and uh, I think you... Uh, wanted to uh, see him striking in this fight uh, as I wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is uh, the interesting thing in this fight that Fujita um, uh, was doing majority of this fight lots of wrestling. Uh, she, uh, he, sorry, uh, he uh, shown us 
how he's uh, evolving as an MMA fighter. And he, he basically, he won that fight by his wrestling skills, not his, uh, by his striking skills. Okay, uh, during the second fight, he uh, shown us uh, that uh, he's uh, a boxer. He reminded us that uh, he has a boxing background uh, because of uh, a couple of his, uh, you know, punches, exchanges. Uh, and you see that he, this guy can do boxing, but also this guy uh, beats uh, experienced fighter, uh, experienced gatekeeper, because gatekeeper, because uh, if you uh, see the record of Shimabukuro, uh, you will see that this guy never fought during three rounds. Uh, his, uh, all, uh, his all fights, uh, 36 fights in his career, are uh, not uh, longer than 10 minutes. Hmm. Three times three, uh, as in Pankras, two times five, as in Deep, uh, and yeah, this is uh, the the next, Shimabukuro is the next um, uh, example of the stable gatekeeper, right? like uh, Fujito Hasegawa. Uh, just, you know, gatekeeper for younger and more promising uh, fighter. So, uh, actually, about that, so he's on a four-fight losing streak, uh, Chikara. Uh, he's 39. Uh, as Christian said, 14, 16, and 6, one no contest. How long do you keep somebody like that as a gatekeeper, Daniel, before it becomes almost like a parody, almost becomes uh, uh, where it becomes, uh, where I, it almost will affect, I guess, you know, the drawing power of, uh, of him being on a fight because no one's going to take him seriously. You know, uh, on the other hand, Deep is uh, local uh, promotions. It's it's the second tier of uh, promotion, and this is a typical Japanese uh, thing that uh, you have very long cards uh, or long cards uh, of you know Shuto, Deep, uh, and Pancras uh, cards, and you have a very mixed um, level of uh, of skills of uh, experience uh, of uh, you know uh, records uh, and you know this is a normal uh, totally normal thing guys like uh, Shimabukuro or Hasegawa uh, they are still fighting and uh, they are uh, they are losing uh, more and more fights but uh, yeah they, they are as I said gatekeepers uh, for uh, for guys who has uh, you know six five, uh, maybe seven uh, fights. Uh, so, so this, you know, this is the gatekeepers of um, fighters at some some level. Uh, you have uh, also uh, gatekeepers at the higher level as, uh, for example, um, uh, Darren Kreikshank in, in, in Rise. Uh, Kreikshank was promoted as a gatekeeper by, by the by the promotion, mm -hmm. and you have, you know, you have gatekeepers and gatekeepers. Gatekeepers are, are some local uh, tire, and gatekeepers are some, you know, international tire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, 
With that being said, um, Christian, shall we move on to Dex Bout, the last of the grappling bouts? Yes, let's go ahead and go to the second of our two grappling bouts for the evening. Makoto Shinryu Takahashi, the interim deep flyweight champion, who was supposed to have faced off and defended his title against Jay Wung Byun, but unfortunately Byun wasn't able to escape the quarantine orders in South Korea. Anyways, Takahashi faced off against deep strawweight world champion Hanwo Ochi. And this fight, I mean, this grappling bout ended in a no contest. Yeah. Now, considering the fact that these two competitors, who also are rising alums, as a matter of fact, Takahashi won his most recent bout in Rising Rules, no less, defeating Yusaku Nakamura via unanimous decision on the Bellator 237 post limp card. Haro Ochi on that same card got carried around for three rounds by Jared the Monkey God Brooks after his previous bout with him at Rising 18 ended in a no contest due to an accidental headbutt. But when it comes down to these two fighters' projections, I mean, do you think that potentially Deep will line them up with some credible contenders for their respective titles? After you, Daniel? Um, if, uh, if Deep has uh, some quality contenders for their titles? Um, yeah, basically what I'm trying to ask, do you think that Deep would... I mean, do you think that for the respective next fights, for Takahashi's next fight and for Ochi's next fight, that Deep will probably give them some credible people to, you know, defend their titles against instead of, you know, having these throwaway bouts like this grappling bout? Uh, you know, I don't know uh, how the situation will, uh, will look like with uh, Ochi after his... Uh, uh, lows with uh, Jared Brooks. Uh, personally, I would like to see the, the third fight between him and Brooks, uh, but on the ring, because uh, I, was I was lucky to attend uh, the, the Bellator uh, post-limbs. Uh, not everyone uh, had the occasion to, to see see this fight as a whole. Only only some highlights and, and you know finishes uh, on the Twitter. Uh, I don't know, it's available to, to watch right now internationally or not? No, you have to go through some, uh, it's a, go through the uh, hoops of uh, Daily Motion and YouTube, uh, Japanese YouTube to find it. But it is out there, I'll tell you that. And, and yeah, the basic, you know, it wasn't the most exciting fight, but listen, Jared Brooks had a plan. That was basically, like uh, Christian said, basically do his best impression of uh, Demi Maya and backpack uh, Ochi for, the, for all three yeah, rounds. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that, you know, if Ochi wants a challenger for his title, Brooks has said that he's not interested in doing strawweight anymore. He said he's done with strawweight. So, obviously, that leaves out a potential title match between those two in deep, I would presume. So, I don't know. Uh, so just want to also just say that Makoto, Tak Makoto Takahashi, he did win, uh, with one submission, between, uh, I think it was a neck crank, I believe. That's what I have written down my notes, that it's a neck crank. So I couldn't really tell what type of submission it was. 
But, uh, I mean, he's a 125 champion. I don't know if he can go down to 112. If he does, I think that would obviously be the, the, the match to make, if possible. But again, you know, he's the 125 champion. He may not be able to cut the weight um, to get down there. Um, Strawweight's a very hard, it's a hard division to find people for. <laughs> I know, it's, it's just, there's just not a lot of men in that division. Um, yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a bit, uh, kind of underground for, uh, yeah. uh, for, uh, uh, international audience, even for us, it's, uh, it's hard to, to follow, uh, the, the, the men's show weight, uh, you know, the most known, uh, male strawweight fighter in the in the history of MMA was Rambasonde, who was a Shuto mm -hmm. uh, champion. Uh, I know that Shuto has uh, this uh, division. They've transferred their, their champion to the one championship. Uh, so, so yeah, in Asia, is of course, obviously, much um, easier to, yeah. to find someone at the, at the high, high level. In the middle strawweight, uh, but uh, you know, to to to, the, to finish my my talk, uh, I wanted to say that mm, I don't know how the situation will look like with Ochi, but uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Shinryu uh, Shinryu's next fight will be in Ryzen. Uh, his fight against Nakamura again uh, in on the on Bellator prelim postlims. Was very impressive. Uh, his uh, style of uh, stand-up, his uh, wrestling skills. Also, uh, he showed also quite good grappling uh, things. Uh, so, and so I think the, the the future is the is that guy because uh, uh, moreover he is only 19. So uh, if you are 19 and you you are a local. Uh, promotion champ, uh, there's a, your, you know, natural uh, step is in Japan is the rising and the rising uh, see this and I think that they will use him more and more in, in the next events. Now one question I have to ask Daniel, we, we're kind of an anti Shinryu podcast. The reason why is because what we understand that he is uh, a a prospect, 19, trained at Parestra Matsudo, one of the top uh, gyms in Japan, uh, has only one loss, but we're not impressed with his win record, which is all entirely decisions. So, do you, what do you think about that type of record where all the wins are decisions and put in the context of Japanese MMA where it's, it, you're, you're more likely, it's not, it's not the win that matters, but how you win. I guess you could say it's not. It, do you think he's going to have to change up his style to maybe look to finish opponents, or do you think that he has to? Do you think he should? Do you think he'll he'll adapt to that eventually, being young and all that? But or do you think it's best that he continue kind of doing what he does now to build up his record? Mm, you know what? <laughs> yes, this ten decisions. Uh... Scaring uh, lots of uh, people a lot. Uh, I know that you know MMA, MMA's you know uh, part, uh, strong part is is a, uh, is a 
the database, share the con or topology. And if you you know Google this guy and see his record, yes, you 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 don't you can uh, have uh, not a good impression about him. Uh, but hmm, it's it's a good question that if he can uh, improve his style uh, a bit. Uh, I saw his fight and. Uh, he his um, fighting style is much better than his uh, numbers. Well, this is this uh, what I can uh, tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, but if he can change something in in his in his uh, style, <laughs> I'm not sure. Because because uh, well, I I seen a few of his fights. Yeah, I saw the Bellator one. Um, and I've seen a few uh, a, a few of his deep fights, and he definitely is a guy who like who likes to wrestle and take you to the ground, and win that way. And there's nothing wrong with that in theory. We see fighters like Khabib do that. We saw GSP after his uh, injury after the uh, second Matt Serra fight rely heavily on wrestling. Is but. Especially with the way, you know, that I feel that what fans want from JMMA, uh, I think internationally and also in Japan, I feel like he, it's kind of, and we talk about this all the time, uh, Christian, we know with Miyu Yamamoto, she just needs that finish to show that she's a complete fighter. And so with we kind of feel the same way with Shinryu, uh, being that he needs to have that finish or finishes on his record to show, yes, I am a complete MMA fighter. I'm not just this, this one, this this one one no type of fighter. Basically, we're not a big fan of points fighters here on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any thoughts, or do you do you see do you see similarities between how like you know, him and Miu um, fight, or anything else before uh, we move on? Any last thoughts? Uh, last uh, thoughts about uh, this fight? Yeah, yeah, the fight or, or no. you know, Shinryu's style or anything like that. This is, this is the, the, the thing that I wanted to say once again uh, today. Uh, I was saying about it uh, before the first uh, grappling uh, bout, uh, because the scrap of Takahashi and uh, Ochi it was very fun, uh, just because it was a simple uh, exhibition. Uh, lots of transitions, lots of finishing techniques. It was just fun to watch during these uh, five minutes uh, how they are grappled. Uh, they can uh, play uh, by this grappling. Uh, they can enjoy this uh, grappling. Uh, not afraid to, you know, for, to losing a position. Uh, they can take a risk. Uh, they can uh, trying something else in, in their. Uh, grappling game, then uh, they can test some some techniques. That's why it was uh, very fun. Five minutes. Uh, finally, Ochi got submitted by Raynaud Choke, uh, and uh, Shinri was was uh, totally better fighter in in, in this uh, scrap. But uh, you know the results of this, in my opinion, is not the. Uh, most important thing, but uh, yeah, it, it was an exhibition. It was, it's a, a bit of a disadvantage, but on the other hand, it's it's some kind of advantage. Mm -hmm. gotcha. No pressure. Gotcha, gotcha. With that, Christian. When, when you have, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. When you have uh, two, two, two skilled guys, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, course, let's move on to the next bout. Uh, and we're, we're, we'll be seeing a return of one of my favorite fighters in this match. You mean one of your favorite fighters and not his nagging wife? Uh, we'll ignore the wife because I didn't hear her in the crowd uh, when I was watching the match. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think he's divorced. You think he's the worst? Uh, I think so. Ah. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but uh, it's. I think it's possible because uh, you Abiro is not uh, yelling uh, from the ringside anymore. Uh, from lots of time. <laughs> well, uh, Christian, what's up? We want to get the particulars. Okay. okay. Yep. Let's go ahead and get on to the <laughs> next pounds. Former K1 kickboxer turned mixed martial artist. Kizamon Saiga knocked out this Jack person representing Master Thong's training camp in Thailand via left hook body blow. One minute, 22 seconds of round number one. Kizamon Saiga improves to form four at 31 years, three days old as of the recording of this podcast date. April 11th, 2020. Jack is 23 years old and obviously in his first fight. So let's just let's just not talk about him. The less said, the better. As far as Saiga goes, he's four and four in mixed martial arts now, but he's been taking a lot of time off for obvious reasons: kickboxing, family, other stuff. Do you think that? Seeing the fact that he's now 31 years old, do you think that he'll potentially continue on in his 30s with a mixed martial arts career? Or do you think that we might be seeing the last of Kizaimon Saiga competing in far outs clubs and MMA? After you, Daniel. Uh, hmm. It's a good question uh, because... Uh, you know, Saiga is uh, was very good uh, kickboxer during the you know old K1 and that uh, whole K1 portion uh, uh, competition. Uh, I think uh, he was even uh, uh, semi-finalist of the of the K1 Youth uh, Grand Prix. Uh, he was well known uh, by because of his. Uh, I think he was fighting with Hiroya at that time in the in the semi-final. Uh, his uh, karate style, and he had everything to be a big person in, in the K1. He was uh, also uh, fighting in in uh, that uh, 63 kilo uh, Grand Prix, Japanese Grand Prix, uh, in, in 2010, I think. Uh, but he transitioned into the MMA. Uh, so, I don't know, it was in 2014 uh, when he was uh, 25, so um, it's quite good, still good uh, age for transition, but uh, something, um, I don't know, he seems to be stuck at, at some point of his, of his career. He had a good... Uh, um, Good time when he was signed with uh, Ryzen, but uh, mainly he was uh, he was losing uh, his fights, uh, and uh, you know his only 
win. Ryzen is uh, with a guy who's uh, who had no pro fights, uh, so it's it's not a good um, picture of of, of him uh, at the big stage. Mm. I will say this about about Saiga. Uh, well, actually, just also let you know, he was supposed to fight in Ryzen last year. Uh, in a kickboxing bout against Kunitaka, but he suffered an eye injury. I believe it was a detached retina. Um, and yeah, uh, his uh, while his fights, he's lost all but one of his fights. His fights of Ersa Yamamoto and Sichiro Ito have all been like classic Ryzen bouts, in my personal opinion. And I would say that probably uh, his fight with Ersa was like the first like best fight that Ryzen ever had up until their, up until that point. That was the one where they're a German suplexing each other. Do you remember that from way back when? I think that I think that was still the uh, the uh, uh, showing the fights free or something era. It was uh, before uh, the fight TV era. Um, so I mean, I think the question is whether Don't he. You have to admit though, mm-hmm. Saiga is one and five in his rise and career. I mean, obviously the only win was against a fighter in Dylan West, who only had two fights in the last three years. Mm-hmm. But, still, continue with your question. Oh, no, I'm just going to say, I think, you know, I would like to see him continue in MMA, try to give MMA a chance, but it seems like he wants to do, seems like he wants to balance both, and I feel like that's very hard to do. We saw that with Tension, you know, where he was doing kickboxing and MMA, and clearly the MMA training was something that he was still not accustomed to, as we saw in the Fujita fight, which he, uh, we talked about a little bit about before. So I think he should come to down to either just staying in kickboxing or MMA. And I don't, you know, his record's 4-4, four four, so it's not under 500 anymore. It's nice even. I think he should try to give, you know, try to, Take a little bit of, I guess, you know, cans in, in deep. And then if Ryzen makes him a good author, try to take some higher competition. Especially because Bantamweight, you know, well, the Bantamweight division Ryzen is their most stacked division, in my personal opinion. He could uh, be a part of that. Um, now, Jack, interesting fellow here. No last name. But I just want to I want want to feel this question to anybody who knows, who might know the answer. Apparently, he trains with Master Thong. Does anybody know who Master Fong is? I'm assuming it must be a person or team from Thailand. Anybody? No idea. I think you said it yourself. It's a team from Thailand. It's a trainer specifically from Thailand. Okay. That's because uh, I because I, I looked them up after the fight, and there's apparently tons of videos of this Master Thong working out at Team Alpha Male and tra- training with Uriah Faber. So this, so apparently, your master thong is an actual person. Yep, <laughs> and not just a synonym, of, and not just a synonym of old 2000s R&B. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, with that being, I have nothing else to more say about the fight. Um, anything else you want to say about the fight, uh, Daniel? Uh, yes, uh, because uh, it was short but very interesting fight because uh, Jack. Dropped uh, Saiga by uh, I think it was uh, left or, or uh, right uh, hook. Uh, it was right hook, uh, and then uh, he re- 
received uh, some uh, punches or, or elbows, uh, but Jack uh, was not able to keep uh, Saiga uh, on the ground. And uh, then uh, Saiga started to, to land uh, his, uh, his hook, his liver shots, and there was a, you know, there was a break because of the nut shot. Yes. But I'm, I'm, but, but I'm not convinced that uh, it was a groin shot. Uh, I think that uh, Jack uh, had uh, its, uh, maybe he has um, its uh, problem, has his problems uh, with uh, with liver. Mm-hmm. And after the after the break, it was usually, uh, it was a pure shot to the liver. There was uh, no discussion about uh, the you know uh, clean shots and uh, Saga ended it in a spectacular fashion. Gotcha. Well, so do we see? What do you think? Do we see Jack again in MMA or no? Stick to Muay Thai, presumably. You know, it was. Uh, it was fun scrap. Uh, it was uh, short, but but a uh, lot of uh, fireworks. Uh, why not? <laughs> uh, just I'll say, just please get a last name, because when you're trying to look up somebody who's by your name Jack, it doesn't really. It's not. It's very hard to find somebody just going by their first name. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, for the at least go by your team name. Go by Jack Master Thong or whatever, because at least make make it make it easier for me. Uh, but yeah, let's, Christian, let's move on to the next match. Yes, we stay in the bantamweight division, the 135 pound weight class. As Kosuke Kolo Kolo defeated Klitsada Dream Man Kong Three Chai via tap out due to strikes. Punches, 4 minutes, 11 seconds of round number two. Kolo Kolo improves to 16, 15, and 5, representing Waijushu Keshu Kaitilai in Tokyo, Japan. Kritsada, a veteran of, I mean, Kritsada, a veteran of six, well, actually five, one FC fights. He's now 7-5 overall, and this is his first fight away from 1FC since 2016 when he had that little three-fight winning streak going on in the Full Metal Dojo. But as far as Colo Colo goes, any thoughts about him? After you, Daniel, I'm sorry. Do you think that there will be potentially more ex-1FC fighters coming into other promotions around the world and looking to prove that they're still worth it just without the stench of chat receipt yard talk. Because we all know uh, that one FC can ruin a man real quick. Uh, you know, the one is a big platform uh, for um, Asian uh, fighters. Uh, they are having lots of uh, events uh, and they don't have a space for, for everyone. It's uh, clear that uh, there will be, you know, some kind of I don't want to, I don't want to, to say reject, but but former uh, fires uh, such as uh, Kritsada. Uh, oh, Kritsada is a interesting um, example of, of Thai fighter because uh, you know he is uh, fighting in every every bout in, in Thai shorts, uh, but. His 
uh, background is the Greco-Roman wrestling. Uh, of course, he has uh, some Muay Thai ex experience, uh, but this mix of Muay Thai and uh, Greco-Roman wrestling is uh, some kind of, you know, uh, explosive uh, mix. Uh, I was watching um, also his fights in in one, some some uh, fights and uh, not not everything, but. Um, from what I've seen, he seemed to be very um, strong physically. Of course, uh, he was throwing uh, the guys. Uh, uh, he he was punching them uh, in the in the head on the ground, uh, and he was slightly favored uh, because of uh, this experience uh, in this bout with Terashima. Terashima, Kuro is a, uh, as I said, next experienced gatekeeper, maybe, uh, definitely, uh, a, a level uh, a level uh, higher than the previous uh, two, Shimabukura and, and Hasegawa. Hasegawa is, he is even uh, two levels lower than, than Koro, uh, but still, Krit Sada uh, started this fight because, uh, by his, uh, you know, trademark suplex. And I, uh, I said to myself, oh, this is the begin very good beginning, but then, the, then uh, Krit Sada got dominated in a, a you know, physical way. Terashima mm, seemed to be stronger, uh, and the Japanese guy was doing everything what he wanted to do. Uh, he took down the tie. Uh, he had, you know, uh, side position, and then he uh, transitioned uh, into the full mount, and this was a, this was a, um, the most shocking, that he landed single elbow, and there was a KO. Hmm. Well, I, I, here's some interesting things as well that we can talk about the uh, Kritsada. Well, like you said, uh, Christian, he, I, when I saw the name, I was like, where have I seen that name before? And yes, this was the uh, fighter who infamously did a suplex during a fight in one championship, and the fight was originally TKO, but then it got take it got it got ruled a DQ after, for whatever reason. That's uh, many reasons. Yeah, this is the the one of the most lame uh, rules in in one championship. Uh, the that uh, you know illegal suplex uh, was you know. Initially, uh, scored as a TKO, but, but later... It's the said, and to be quite yeah. honest, and I'm sorry for those with timid ears for hearing me curse for steel. What's going to matter is, 1FC thinks that suplexing, thinks that not suplexing people is going to help when it comes down to saving the livelihood of fighters, when clearly... Their star fighters like Angela Lee, for example, get away with shit yeah. like that most of the time, suplexing opponents. And to be quite honest, if they need to enforce those rules upon, you know, fighters like Klesada, Dream Man, Kong Tree Chai, they need to start enforcing it to all their fighters that you can't get away with shit like that. Now, mm. as far as... That rule, particularly, I think that is bullshit because, you know, you can't really 
I mean, just because you can't soup like somebody doesn't mean that you can't stop anything else from happening in that fight. You can't stop if a soccer kick happens, if a low blow happens, if a headbutt happens. It's just natural, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I wanted to say that Kritzada resumed this whole fight. It was so shocking because uh, Kritzada is a really legit fighter who uh, who has uh, ev- almost everything uh, I, I think to, to, to be uh, competitive at uh, the deep level and he got uh, dominated and KO'd uh, by, uh, by a simply a gatekeeper and uh, that fight with Robin, Robin Catalan that, that rematch was yeah really bullshit because of that uh, that uh, suplex thing I, I can assume that he's no longer with uh, one because he had only one ch- one more fight with uh, one championship that he won, and he's now with Deep, which is connected with Ryzen, so I'm assuming that he's no longer with one. I wouldn't want to be either, especially if I had a win uh, a win like that taken away from me. Um, you know, it's just funny because, you know, like you said, Quisada has a very... Sorry, Christian? Come to think of it, we always ask about this, you know, if a fighter is Ryzen-worthy, I mean, could if if this were to continue on for Khalid Sada, could we potentially see him fight in Ryzen? Uh, I think it was a plan for uh, it could be a plan for Khalid Sada to take a, a single fight in deep. It was like uh, like with uh, Naoki Inoue or uh, Takeya Mizugaki, and if he win, then he would go to the rising something uh, something did not work totally did not work uh, as i uh, said uh, mm. two times and and yeah it was really uh, upset uh, real upset yeah i do think he should get another chance uh, especially like like i just find his his entire background just interesting itself also he's fought in multiple weight classes strawweight flyweight bantamweight i think he even had one fight at featherweight potentially not, not. I mean, he trained in Muay Thai, but the fact that he's Thailand's like uh, a champion Greco-Roman wrestler from Thailand. I don't know. Is that like saying that he that you're the best bobsledder from Jamaica? I don't know. I but I just think that's a I think it's a very interesting background that he has. It's just not the typical Thai uh, Thai fighter background that somebody has, and I think I think that makes it. I think that makes him a very interesting fighter to watch. You know, unfortunately, yeah, this fight didn't go his way, but I hope he gets another chance. In deep, or you know, um, you know, just you know, another way to get back a win or something, so he can hopefully maybe make his way to rise and join their one thirty five division, um, hopefully. Um, any last thoughts on this uh, match, uh, Daniel? I think uh, I said uh, everything about it. Uh, really upset and uh, a bit stopper uh, of the career of Good uh, Summer. Gotcha. Well, I think we'll, we all agree he, we hope he'll make a comeback in his next match. And with that said, Christian, shall we move up 10 pounds to the next match? Yes, let's go ahead and do that. And let's talk about this one in general because I think I have a keen interest in talking about this particular winner next. Kosuke mm-hmm. Yokoyama, Crazy B's only American representative based out of Sin City, USA, Las Vegas, Nevada, defeated Taisuke Tatsumi via submission, head and arm choke. 
Three minutes, 30 seconds of round number three. Yokoyama, a native of Las Vegas, 28 years old, is now 13 and 7 overall with one no contest. Tatsumi, 13 and 9 overall, age 28, fighting out of Ishinomiya, Japan, representing Next Sports. Now, as far as Yokoyama goes, he's 13 and 7 overall. Obviously, he's a veteran of Pancras and Deep. But much like another crazy B fighter in Miyu Yamamoto, he's a points fighter, but he only got three finished victories and one controversial no, I mean, no contest due to a low blow. Do you think that for Kiyosuke Yokoyama, he just needs to improve on that finishing power or, you know, just keep dominating opponents until they give in? And as far as Tatsumi goes, he's only 28. He's about a month older than Yokoyama. How do you think his career will progress? Um, you know what? Uh, the, the first uh, thing uh, what I wanted to, to say about is uh, the American flag with Kisuke uh, Yokoyama. I think that he is normally living in Japan, but he's born in the USA, and that's why a topology... Uh, said that he's an American. Uh, it's it's is that uh, I think it's that case. Uh, I don't know if, he, if he's uh, speaking English, uh, <laughs> but uh, according to his career, I think that Yokoyama is a, a worse version of uh, Makoto Takahashi. <laughs> uh, I I know that uh, despite of of uh, you know numbers, Takahashi don't have any finishes. Uh, but, uh, you know, I saw a couple of fights uh, of Yokoyama previous and the, 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 the last one, and only think what he's got is his wrestling skills. He, he can win fights uh, by his wrestling, by, but in this fight, the, the, the real uh, test for him was the beginning of the second round when Tatsumi pressed him uh, with uh, his punches and Yokoyama was uh, very, you know, I think he was confused uh, about uh, the, the exchanges and uh, he did not want to, to uh, trade uh, punches. Uh, he just wanted to, you know, throw a couple of them but not really got into exchange, maybe some middle kick and he uh, quickly went down with, with uh, Tatsumi and on the ground, uh, Yukayama was very dominant. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it's interesting that you that we bring up how they're both kind of similar, uh, Shinryu uh, and... Um, oh my god, my, why, I'm just having a, a brain fart. Shinryu and Yokoyama. Oh my god, why did I totally forget his name? I'm, I'm staring at it like right here. Uh, Yokohama. You just had a brain fart, Andrew. Yeah. Come so, on, let's keep it going. So, actually, also, just to let you know, when he's apparently in Las Vegas, he fights at Extreme Couture MMA, um, which is, I think that's where Johnny Case also trains out of, and also pro wrestler John Moxley also trains there as well. And, of course, I think Randy, that's that was Randy Couture's original, uh, that was the first of his original uh, Extreme Couture schools. Um... I think Yoko, Yokoyama is an interesting... It was interesting to see him fight and then compare his record 
to what he, what he normally does. And yeah, he's definitely a points fighter. Um, and he, he even in his it's funny because he's he's lost also I think mainly to points as well. So he's it's a it's he definitely has a game plan. And the game plan is to get those points. And it seems like he's the type of, if he gets if he sees a finish, he'll attempt it, but he won't try to go for one spin. We always see those fighters who are like if you know if they get the back, they're gonna try to sink in that rear naked choke, that arm bar, like it's the last thing that they need to do on earth. But it seems like he's he's very lackadaisical about the submissions if if he's uh, if if it's not working. Um, question for you, Daniel. So Ryzen has it. Uh, looks like they want to try to beef up their one forty five division. Do you think Yokoyama is worthy of being in the Ryzen one forty five division? Mm. <laughs> uh, you know they have a good relationship uh, with uh, Crazy, very good relationship. Uh, so from that uh, point of view, yes, it's possible. If he would not be from from Crazy B or or another uh, gym. Uh, who has, which has good relationship with with uh, Ryzen, I'm not uh, very convinced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I got you. Anything about uh, Tatsumi, though? Anything that you want to... Uh, is there anything else that you want to say about him before we move on? He was, uh, he was smart to, to trying to uh, press the Yokoyama in the second round of the beginning, as I said before, uh, but uh, his uh, takedown defense uh, was uh, too weak mm -hmm. for the wrestler like uh, Yokoyama. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Now, Christian, we're going to move on to the co-main event and the sole title fight, but I also want to say this was my favorite match of the card, and with that being said, Christian, take it away. Yes, we go to the co-main event now, the welterweight title fight. The only fight that was over, the only fight that was not only over 155 pounds on this card, but the only fight that was a title fight. As Ryuichi no Sumimura, who we last seen get knocked the fuck out by John Tuck in Rising Rules at Bellator 237 on the Pulse Rooms, Defeating one-time deep welterweight champion and fellow Ryzen Rules alum, Yuta Andre Watanabe, via unanimous decision as all five of the judges, not three, five, scored the fight 29-28 in Sumi Moore's second title defense. Sumi Moore, a native of Kobe Hyogo, Japan, represent Trinity Sons. Improved his record to 15 and 8 overall, 34 years old. Due to Andre Watanabe, who fought one time in Ryzen at the Ryzen FF1 event, being made into a highlight reel by Hisaki Kato, representing Alliance, fighting out of Minato Nagaoka, he got to Japan, improved, well, drops to 22, 10, and 4. Now, as far as the upperweight classes, the welterweight division in deep, do you think it would be best for fighters like Sumimura and Watanabe to just go back to Ryzen or go in back into Ryzen rules and just compete there instead? Because there's really, I don't want to say there's nothing in deep 
for them, even though Sumi Moore is the champion and just retained the title on his second defense. But do you think that Ryzen would be better suited to have these two rather than these? What I'm trying to ask. Mm, I had uh, some thoughts about the Walter Waits in Ryzen and Walter Waits in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, in my opinion, that the Walter Waits is the, the least weight category uh, that uh, the Japanese promotion, promotions uh, can, you know, promote uh, with, you know, quite good fighters. But, you know, if we um, compare the level of uh, 77 or 170 uh, pounds, uh, kilo, uh, kilo, Kilo or pounds weight class. Kilos, 170 pounds. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, that that limit. Uh, if we compare it with, you know, bantamweight, flyweight, uh, featherweight, even lightweight, but maybe, but maybe it's not a perfect example. The welterweight, it's not uh, impressive uh, in 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 Japan. Uh, the second thing is that um, during the end year period, uh, Ryzen bring the um, couple of uh, quite good or even very good fighters uh, in, in from other weight as a uh, John Tuck, uh, as uh, uh, Shinsho Anzai. Uh, I know that he was in, in the Bellator. Uh, part, but uh, you know everything right now is possible. Uh, lots of uh, quite lots of welterweight fights uh, during that uh, two year, two events uh, of New Year's Eve, uh, and I was thinking about possible even possible Grand Prix in the 2020, uh, but right now. Um, I'm not sure about it, about, you know, maybe Sumimura will be back in Ryzen, uh, because he is a deep champ, deep, uh, deep is very, you know, close with Ryzen, uh, and, uh, you know, Sumimura is, mm, I think he is a entertaining fighter, because, uh, maybe with a lack of punching power, but his boxing is, uh, you know, on a relatively good level. He has some, uh, lots of legs in defense, uh, what John Tuck uh, shown in, in their scrap uh, in, in Bellator. Uh, but uh, it's, he's uh, still uh, a fighter who, who I like to, to fight on a, on, a, on a bigger stage. Maybe not for the uh, title, maybe, maybe he won't be, you know, poster, uh, poster boy of Ryzen, but uh, yeah. Sumimura is always uh, pleasant to watch. You know, it's just funny, yeah, you know, I, we discussed this uh, when we talked about Bellat- the Bellator show and the Bellator postlims um, way back when. Yeah, the Ryzen, at least it seems now that the Ryzen is trying to at least beef up the 170 division. It, the division that's, that's, that's totally dead and, dead and buried is the, is the middleweight division because I, I can't for the life of me think of any fighters that are in Ryzen that are middleweight. But what the... uh, I, I can tell you about the middleweight division. Mm. That, that was uh, uh, 
that was an idea to send Damian Janikowski, he is a, a wrestling Olympic medalist from KSW, oh. to Ryzen, but the response from from Japanese was that they don't have uh, an opponent for, for Damian in the middleweight. So the the, the, the topic was was that. Uh, that's, uh, oh, interesting. This, yeah, this um, you know tells you everything about the the state of middleweight in Ryzen. Oh yeah, but I'll be also just say middleweight in Japan in general. Um, it's like those those middleweight the, the middleweights seem to just be very just don't have a lot of competition in them. But at least it seems like Ryzen is trying to go in the direction of trying to get more one seventy people. We saw with the uh, Marcos de Souza fight. Uh, you know, but the the question is now. You know, Marco said that he's retiring from uh, a MMA competition, I believe, and I don't think he want to bring Falco Neto back. So, I mean, the only people who Ryzen really would have to depend on, other than Bellator people, would be Sumimura and uh, Keitaro. Um, there's really uh, you could I don't know unless oh, yeah Keitaro yeah unless like you have fighters like Darren Crookshank or. Uh, Yachi or or Brown move up, you really don't have a lot of fighters to, uh, to compete at at 170. You're gonna have to be getting those Bellator guys, and I'm gonna tell you the truth. If you do a Bellator, if you do a uh, Ryzen Grand Prix at 170, and you include either I think Lorenzo Larkin or MVP in that tournament, I think that it comes down to those two. I just don't think the competition. I think that Sumimura. Is good, but he's just not at the level of like a Larkin or MVP. Um, same thing with. Well, Andrew, if you put MVP in a Ryzen welterweight tournament, he'll sweep through the whole field. Oh, yeah, well, well, that's you know the big question is you know if he and Larkin ever fight, who will win? You know, um, you know that that's the big that's the big uh, fight uh, that uh, Bellator should try to make. But yeah. Um, Question though, what do you think about this this fight though? I thought that both fighters brought it inside the cage. I thought uh, I thought Watanabe, you know, even though he lost, he looked good. You know, he was you know he had a lot of heart in him. Sumimura uh, looked good as well. I think there was one point where Sumimura, Sumimura got knocked down and uh, looked like Watanabe could have uh, won it. You know, Sumimura was he totally better than Watanabe. In terms of boxing, he was scoring, scoring, scoring. Uh, I, I, you know, I liked so much his uh, jab. Lots of jabs uh, was landing, and then when he uh, went a, a bit more inside, he was landing by uh, his hooks. Uh, we saw combats from Sumimura, and you know. Instead of you know keeping this uh, striking thing uh, to, to to punching out the, the Watanabe, uh, on the in the second round he uh, tried to to take this fight down, take his opponent uh, down, and uh, I, I don't remember if it was in the second in the second round he dropped by uh, he got dropped by Watanabe. I think he was a bit. It was a bit uh, the, the the issue of his, you know, lack of defense. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the third round, it was. I think it was in the third round. He uh, he uh, lost his back, 
uh, and he was uh, he, he was also got submitted by Redneck Choke uh, by Watanabe. I think it was uh, in in third round, uh, but uh, he yeah. in in the in the third round he still wanted to go for the for the uh, legs of Watanabe. I'm not sure if uh, he wanted to just you know rest uh, to to take a breath. Uh, because he don't have a cardio for uh, 15 minutes of, of, of striking or, or, or something uh, like that. But it was uh, weird for me if you are uh, punching out mainly your opponent, you just uh, you should just keep it if you if you see that your opponent uh, can uh, can't uh, do the same. Mm -hmm. But Sumimura wanted to to go for a takedown, and I'm not. I don't think it was, uh, from my point of view, it was uh, very smart. Gotcha, gotcha. Any last thoughts about Wanabi or the fight, Daniel, before we move on? Uh, no, uh, maybe not about Watanabe, but uh, we said about, uh, we were saying about uh, middleweight in Japan. Uh, right, right now I'm watching the old uh, Dream and Sengoku uh, events. And there was a, at the you know initial year of Dream and Sengoku in 2008, it was a two parallel Grand Prix in middleweight, and you you can see how much the whole Japanese fight scene uh, changed into uh, in this ten years. Right now, you don't have uh, very much uh, middleweight action in Japan. Oh yes, no, no. That's a good point. That's a good point. Just like how the uh, how the uh, landscape uh, of weight divisions has changed in May and in kickboxing in Japan. If you want to point to K one, you know how they like there's virtually like no heavyweight fights when it used to be a heavyweight promotion. It's just funny how 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 things uh how things change like that. Uh, with that being said, Christian, let's move on to the main event. Yes, let's go ahead and go on to the main event, a bantamweight contest, as two former deep bantamweight champions collided in a matchup that could either possibly get them a potential opportunity to face Victor Henry again, or could potentially move them back into rising. Yuki Motoya defeated Takafumi Oska via unanimous decision. All three judges scored the fight 30-27 Montoya. Montoya improves to 24-8. and eight. Well, actually, Montoya, 30 years old, from Nagoya Aichi, Japan, by way of Kaga Ishikawa, Japan, improves to 24-8 and eight with one no contest. Oscar, 33 years old, from Ishikawa, Chiba, Japan, representing T-Grip Tokyo, Improved, well, drops to 27-17 and won with one no contest. Now, I mentioned the fact that they both fought Victor Henry and lost. In the case of Yuki Motoya, he lost to Victor Henry for the bantamweight title of deep via unanimous decision last March. In the case of Borska, he got knocked out by Victor Henry via right front kick to the body at deep 85th impact back in August of 2018. And as far as their respective rising careers go, Montoya is 3-3 three and three with one no contest. Obviously, that one no contest 
coming on the first rising event against Felipe F. Right. But since that one no contest, he's gone on a two-fight losing streak in rising, losing to Hiromasa Kubo and Patrick No Love Mix. That latter fight, the mix fight, was on New Year's Eve. For Oscar, he hasn't fought in Ryzen since New Year's Eve 2017 when he lost in the Bantamweight Grand Prix Tournament semifinals to Shintaro Ishiwatari. So I just have to ask, out of these two fighters, Yuki Motoya and Takafumi Oscar, which do you think would be better for them? A chance at facing off against Victor Henry again? Or a chance to go back into rise. Uh, I don't know uh, how to start, but um, you know, Otsuka is a really you know a piece of uh, modern history of uh, Japanese MMA. He was uh, in in the Grand Prix uh, of Dream. And uh, later he he was uh, multiple uh, deep champ, and then uh, he was representing deep in the bantamweight uh, tournament. He he submitted uh, Halit Taha uh, after the you know uh, very unexpected way. Uh, but uh, right now this mm, this uh, fight for him was uh, a bit like a sign that he should uh, he will stick with with deep uh, not uh, you know he, he won't move uh, to the uh, bigger uh, stage uh, but uh, I think uh, from the other hand uh, Motoya uh, Motoya's next uh, fight will be probably in, in, in rising maybe uh, there will be a rematch with with Victor Henry in uh, Rising Ring uh, because definitely this fight uh, will happen and uh, should happen in the nearest nearest future. What an interesting! You brought up a good point. He's a, a Usoka is a modern like ex, like he is like a living piece of MMA history, uh, not just JMA. Started in two thousand and six. With Mars Bodog fight one as his first fight, he's lost his first two fights. And here, just listen to this: he fought Rafael dos Anjos in 2008. Connie Horror after that. He also fought Bibiano Fernandez. I can't believe this. The, the Kazuyuki Miyata, Osa, Kenji Osa. What an incredible like career that this guy has had. And here's the thing: he's only 33. He's still relatively young by MMA standards. I'm sure he has a lot of miles on him, but the fact that he's 33 and he's that he's been through all this, I mean, that is, in, he's like, yeah, like you said, he's he's a living piece of, of MMA and JMA history. Um, I'm disappointed we have not seen him in Ryzen since he lost in the um, Ryzen uh, Grand Prix um, semifinals uh, to Ishiwatari. I thought he put up a good fight with Ishiwatari, but obviously he lost, and, and I don't know why he was... I don't know if there's a reason he was not invited back or um, that was on Ryze's part or his his part or whatever. Um, disappointing that he... I hope he gets another chance at Ryzen again. As for Matoya, um, you know, it's... He he, he thinks that he won that, uh, that Victor Henry fight in deep. So I wouldn't be surprised if he'd want to fight uh, Henry again. 
uh, try to get that win back. But then also, listen, you know, with Manel Cape leaving Ryzen and vacating the title, that Ryzen bandweight uh, division is up for grabs now. The title's up for grabs. And Yuki Matoya if you, is probably like one the top one of their top five uh, bandweights in their division. Um, if if you ignore uh, if uh, you know if he, I know he had a very close fight with Oikubo and then he lost to Mix uh, by submission in the first round. But other than that, he is a top five fighter in Ryzen and, I, and one one of the most underrated bandweights in the world. It's a tough decision, but if I were him, I would say. Forget the Victor Henry fight. Let me focus on the Ryzen Bantamweight division just because now of Manel Cape leaving and vacating it, that it's up for grabs uh, now. The, the, the division is much is a much more, I think, it, 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 there's much, if you get a title in Ryzen, I think that's worth a lot more than the deep Bantamweight title. Um, any thoughts on that, uh, Daniel? Agree, disagree? Neutral? <laughs> uh, you know, Otsuka is a kind of a guy who who are who is not very effective in his fight style, uh, but he is uh, you know just floating between the local uh, tire and the main tire. Uh, you know he's uh, for through the years he is a top uh, deep uh, fighter in in you know. Uh, different weight classes. Uh, he is still uh, in the in the good form, good shape, and uh, from the time to time he is advancing to the to the bigger stage. Uh, right now, I think uh, this is the the period in his career when when he will uh, fight um, in uh, in deep. But maybe uh, if there will be Good opponent for him, uh, Ryzen. I'm sure that he he will he will uh, fight in Ryzen. Uh, uh, sure, but but maybe not in the in his next fight. Maybe uh, I think he will return to the Ryzen this year, but but maybe not in the uh, next the very next fight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to also say about the fight. Matoya basically dominated all three all three rounds. Um, Otsuka had really nothing to answer for with Matoya, and that's just, I think that's not, that's not saying that Otsuka's bad, just that's how good Matoya is, uh, as a fighter. I think, uh, I think that, uh, Matoya has, uh, it's, it has his, uh, own fight style. Mm -hmm. We all know that Matoya is a top grappler, uh, he is magic, he is pure magic on the, on the ground, uh, from his back he can... You know, go from the technique to technique. Uh, how he uh, showed uh, is uh, showed his skill uh, with uh, I don't remember with a uh, guy from from Brazil. It was not uh, versus uh, Philip uh, Frein. I have to I have to even uh, check uh, Alan Nascimento. Uh, I don't have to to Alan check. Alan Yes, yes, yes. This was. That was this fight when he, uh, from his back, he made three uh, finishing techniques. It was a very, you know, uh, very slightly from the technique to, 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 to technique, but from the, for some, from, from the, some 
period of time, uh, Motoya was doing more and more striking. Uh, and he's still very good to watch. Uh, he is entertaining, uh, but uh, his stri striking um, style and striking skills is, uh, you know, is uh, about his speed and mobility and his jump to the opponent, throwing some punches, uh, and then avoiding the counter-attack. Uh, that's what he showed against Otsuka. Uh, he decided not to go into the, you know, full war mode, as in, in the recent, in his last uh, fights, uh, but to fight more smart. I have uh, some associates uh, when I uh, see the the Motoya. I have uh, associates with uh, uh, Hidro Tokoro, uh, very you know entertaining mm. ground fighter, but also uh, lots of entertainment in uh, in terms of his stand up. That's a great comparison. Sorry to interrupt you, um, uh, Daniel, but that was a great comparison. Yeah, continue on. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's all. Okay, great. So that is the Deep 94 Impact card. Daniel, I want to give it, I'll give, give it to you. Uh, did you have a fight of the night? Uh, favorite finish of the night? Fight of the night? Uh, what, uh, who would you give such uh, accolades to? Mm, I have to uh, just uh, rewind, but definitely uh, no, finish of the night. It was a Kizamon Saiga because uh, you now when you are when you see the finish by the liver shot in four ounces gloves, your liver hurts. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always it's always a very effective uh, style. Uh, but the fight of the night, uh, hmm, I would uh, I would uh, stick uh, between. Main event and co-main event. Gotcha, gotcha. Not, not bad choices at all. Not bad choices at all. Um, we do have one question, though, not related to deep, but the deep jewels. Uh, Actually, we have two, oh, two questions. Sorry, two. These come from an account called Takubo, at JP underscore WMMA. And both of these questions are pertaining to deep jewels, not... Deep fighting championship. First off, what do you guys, I mean, I don't know if this person is a he or she, but this person asked in the first of his questions, what do you guys think of King Reina? And what do you think that she expects from her professional MMA career? She is the most lovable donut, but still a donut. Is she going to wind it up in? Yoshi Pure Wrestle or Women's Professional Wrestling. And another question that this person asks is, who do you think will probably win a fight between Hikaru Aono and Tomomai Sawa? Who's our pick and why not Hikaru? Uh, first, some explanation uh, from uh, myself. Uh, Takugo-san is a guy from Poland. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the... This is the uh, most uh, funniest thing, but uh, if you were, uh, if, 
if I have to uh, answer uh, on the questions, uh, the first one was the, the comparison, yes, uh, the, the uh, Hikaru Aono and uh, Tomo Maesawa. Yes, after you, uh, after you, Daniel. Um... Uh, you know, uh, Aono is uh, more like a you know, physical fighter and uh, she's very strong uh, fighter, but in my opinion, what I've uh, seen in, in her fight, she's uh, still some kind of an old school ground and pound fighter and, uh, you know, just to uh, take uh, her opponents uh, down and uh, punch uh, them into the ground. Uh, Tomo is a more, you know, flexible uh, fighter in terms of uh, style. Uh, I know she was smoked. Uh, she was smoked in the fight with uh, Saoki Han, but uh, Handelay is, you know, number one fighter uh in in the world in atom weight uh so so it's not very you know it's not a shame for her to to lose with the number one uh but my Sawa has uh, some fight when when she was very good uh, in the because of her striking but uh, also uh, he she, she had the the fights uh, when he won because her her grand skills and wrestling and uh, I think that uh, Tomo is a more experienced fighter. Uh, it's the, the the first thing and the second thing uh, she is you know uh, more well rounded than uh, Aono. What do you think, Christian, between these two? To be honest, I wouldn't know the difference because I don't really know much about. Hikaru Aono compared to Tomo Maisawa and vice versa, but still, I just think that Tomo is the better fighter between the two. Wouldn't you agree? Ah, uh, hmm. You know, I don't know. I feel like, I you know, it's funny because Tomo Maisawa may be the better MMA fighter, I think, but ah. Uh, Alona Hikaru, I mean, she's an up and coming. I think she's definitely a a a, a blossoming MMA fighter. But like you know, I think Daniel said it best that she's she's a ground. She's she's a person who's kind of uh, who that her 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 background is, is in is in grappling. So that's kind of how she fights, and it's a tough I, I think if you held a gun to my head right now if they if the fight bet between the two of them uh, was next week or whatever I think I'm gonna have to probably side with ooh, Hikaru Aono I think she would wind up submitting Mesawa uh, in a match um, I could uh, could Mesawa wind up knocking out um, Hikaru probably, but based on what I've seen between the two, I think I have to go with Hikaru Aono at this point. And who knows, you know, may hopefully they'll have a fight at some point and uh, we can uh, see that fight. Um, Daniel, second question uh, about King Reina. Um, uh, it's, 
It's you know, a very interesting uh, question because uh, I had a lot of uh, thoughts about uh, the the King Reina and uh, her, you know, her role in the in the rising in, in, in uh, as a as a, an athlete about uh, you know her career uh, and you know there is uh, some different. Uh, different uh, ways and, and periods in, in her career. Uh, firstly, I was thinking that uh, King Reina will, will be the next, you know, some kind of uh, Minoa man in dream. Uh, when uh, Minoa was fighting with the opponents uh, who was uh, much bigger than him, and the first fights of uh, King Reina was the, almost the same. She was fighting with uh, much bigger uh, women, and uh, mainly she was uh, beating the shit out uh, <laughs> them, especially in the in her debut uh, with uh, Jesse Gabbard, I think it was, uh, and it was very convincing and it was very entertaining uh, and uh, the, the, my first uh, thing was that uh, she will uh, challenge in the future Gabi Garcia. Nothing uh, like this uh, happened but uh, the next thing was that uh, Ryzen will do uh, an uh, you know, open weight Grand Prix for, for women. Uh, mm. Also nothing uh, like that happened, um, but after that, you know, craziness uh, of open weight, women open weight, uh, she started to uh, to compete in the 70 uh, kilo limit, uh, and uh, that was my second thought that uh, the rising can uh, promote her and. In future, uh, they will hold a 70 kilo uh, Grand Prix for women because uh, at that time, now, not any promotion had that uh, had that uh, limit for for women uh, in in the roster. Uh, PFL. Uh, last year started uh, the 70 uh, kilo lightweight division for, for uh, female division uh, but at that time I was uh, pretty sure that they will uh, do this thing with with the headliner of uh, with with the King Reina's their poster girl uh, I was I was uh, talking with Bruno Masami after her uh, her loss with uh, Cindy Dandua uh, in 2017, and uh, he said to me that uh, King Reina needs to drop some uh, kilos and uh, start to to fighting in uh, featherweight. But we all uh, we all uh, know how it looked like uh, about her uh, performance in the featherweight in rising. It's totally different uh, when you are fighting with, you know, international uh, opponents in in Ryzen. Uh, Dan, uh, you you are facing the, you know, Japanese uh, girls uh, in in the jewels. 
Mm-hmm. No, that's a good. No, that's a good point. I thought they were gonna. That's what the fight that they were leading up to was. They were gonna build up uh, King Reyna versus Gabby Garcia eventually. Obviously, that didn't happen because Reyna suffered all those losses to Dandois, Edgar, um, and Caitlin Young. So obviously, that didn't work out. Um, but we, we did. Did you see the happen to see the Deep Jewels uh, match that she was in recently, uh, Daniel? I don't, I don't know uh, if this is the the same match uh, that I'm thinking about. The one where she fought the uh, the tie, uh, the Thai fighter. Uh, I think it was last month, or actually, I should say last month. It was in February. Uh, the last Deep Jewels fight, Deep Jewels twenty eight. It was. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, very quick and and uh, you know not. Um, to, very quick and brutal <laughs> action in the in the you know shortcut. And uh, yeah, but um, and one of the things we talked about because we had uh, Mark Q from uh, WombatNews.com talking about the uh, about that fight and looked like Reina had improved immensely on the stand up, which was always one of the things that was it was that and also being taken down was was her biggest fault. Um, I think and she also has lost. A tremendous amount of weight. I think, I think she was around one eighty-five, perhaps, maybe, um, maybe one ninety when she was starting to rise, and she's about one fifty, one forty-five, somewhere along those lines. Um, whether you bring her back to Ryzen, I mean, that's the issue is that Ryzen has of hers because every time they bring her on, she just seems to lose in very, I don't want to say stupid ways, but in ways that she shouldn't be losing. Um, she, they put her up against, you know, Stephanie Edgar, who was, you know, who I think was maybe 2-0 at the time, maybe as, a, as an MMA fighter, maybe 1-0, and got dominated by her. Um, Kayla Young dominated her on the stand-up. Uh, Cindy Dandois, uh, was able to, uh, negate all of, uh, her, uh, of, uh, most of, uh, Reyna's grappling. So, it's, Reyna is an, I want to say they give her another chance. But the problem is, is that who you put her up against? Who uh, is there anybody who? Do you have any fighter who you would put Reyna up against in Ryzen, who's a high level competition to see if she has improved as a fighter, uh, and that's somebody they would want to keep on the roster. Uh, at this point, I, I don't have uh, really an idea for the opponent of her uh, for her, uh, because as you said uh, previously, uh, when uh, they've uh, bring her into the rising. Uh, she's uh, losing, uh, and I had a, I have a conclusion about uh, her career that uh, she was the most successful in the uh, open weight with much bigger opponents. Mm. Uh, moreover, I really uh, love uh, her uh, stage image uh, with you know crown, teddy bear, and mm. and uh, big chupa chups. Uh, and I think uh, the, uh, that from the marketing point of view, uh, with the rising uh, rising uh, productions uh, value, uh, th this is a good mix. But you know, this is uh, the stage of her career that she got stuck a bit. Uh, I I don't I'm not um, I'm not sure what uh, she wanted to do with with her career, but. From the you know marketing thing, she's a good 
you know, um, improvement for, for rising. So I also want to give in the second point of, uh, of our Polish friend uh, who uh, submitted the question about going to pure Resu, going to Joshi. I think she would make a killing in Joshi. I think she would stand out from every other Joshi pro wrestler just because of her. she's already got the gimmick down with the King's Crown and Teddy Bear. She's got the personality for it. Um, she would be great in Joshi, in my personal opinion, if she ever were to transition to that. What do you think about that, Daniel? you think she could ever make a career in professional wrestling? Uh, I think, uh, as I said, uh, with her image, uh, is, uh, it would help her in the Kuro Resu career. Uh, but, you know, I'm not that uh, interested in, in, in pro wrestling, uh, but uh, mm, I think uh, she has a lot of potential, especially that... Uh, when you consider that majority of pro wrestling players in Japan has uh, the you know real uh, fighting background, you know martial arts, judo, wrestling, uh, stuff like this, and uh, Reina has it because she was an uh, elite uh, judo fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, then she tra got transitioned to MMA, and uh, yes, I think uh, if uh, there will be still, you know, some kind of um, stuck in her career. Uh, I think uh, that the pro wrestling will be some kind of solution mm. for her problems. What do you think? Could be, but but I'm not sure that it it will be. Christian, what do you think? Do you think she can make a successful uh, transition to Joshi pro wrestling if you if she chose to do so? If she has the heart for it, I mean, yeah, we already know that when it comes down to most of her MMA career, she acts like she doesn't really give a damn, and that's obviously true because of her rising record. But still, I think that that non-charismatic, non-caring attitude would make her feel more like a female version of Tetsuya Naito. Lady Ingo Renable, so to speak. Interesting, interesting. That's a good point. You know, she is, she kind of has that uh, nice little attitude uh, now that I think about it. Um, but with that being said, uh, we've covered everything that we wanted to cover today. Uh, Daniel, uh, anything in JMMA or Polish MMA that you want to, that you want to just, uh, I don't know, throw out there that you. Uh, that we didn't bring up or anything, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, talk about that or, or discuss it. Uh, I think uh, that was all. I, I've made uh, some introduction uh, with Polish uh, MMA. Uh, maybe I, 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 I hope that uh, the KSW will uh, renew their uh, cooperation with uh, Ryzen uh, and, and Send. Uh, to the next potential Grand Prix uh, someone and uh, there won't be a, a, a fighter that they don't have an idea for or they don't want uh, anymore uh, in, in the roster like it was with Goran Relic in the, in the first, uh, first uh, Grand Prix in, in uh, 100 kilo weight class. Uh, you know, there's, uh, if 
Rising would do this big bantamweight Grand Prix as it was, uh, you know, gossiping in uh, in the beginning of the year. Uh, I think it would be very good uh, solution for for uh, one of them, one of the bantamweight fighters to to make some you know better and and. Uh, harder competition than in, in Europe. But definitely, uh, the place for the Bantamweights is, is uh, in Asia. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. And with that being said, uh, I also want to give an opportunity for you to plug all of your social media, uh, anything that you are covering as a journalist, anything else that you want to give a shout out to as well. For is yours. Thank you very much. Oh, anything you want to plug? You want to plug your social media or uh, or anything that you're covering as a journalist? Uh, could you repeat? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Do you want to cover? Uh, do you want to give us uh, your social media? He's trying to act. Is, do you have any social media to yes, plug? Yes, yes, yes. Have any uh, fighters to plug over? Uh, I think uh, I don't have. Uh, mm -mm -mm, uh, <laughs> any ideas at this point? Uh, I don't know right now. Do you want to put? I mean, you can go ahead and plug your social media if you want. That's the reason why this is the end of the show. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Sorry, it's, it's, it's very it's very late uh, in in Poland right now. It's uh, uh, five twenty nine a.m. So 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 I can uh, not you know work properly. My head uh, can work, not work properly. Uh, you know, uh, social media, uh, follow me on the Twitter, uh, djubitsky, you will, you will, uh, I think you will uh, find me, uh, I think you will <laughs> make, uh, you know, uh, FF for me, so, so I think uh, that it's, it's everything, uh, almost every, every, you know, uh, think what I'm, uh, which, which I'm doing about uh, JMMAs in Polish, but uh, I'm tweeting mainly in English about JMMA. There's also uh, other topics, uh, but uh, mainly uh, in Polish. But overly, uh, my Twitter account is, you know, 60% to, to English. I think so. Mm, great. And Christian, you want to give out the rest of the plugs? Might as well. If you want to check out, I mean, as I said beforehand when we started the show, if you want to check myself and Andrew out personally on our respective Twitters, our Twitter handles are at ChrisGary92 and at abenja one C-H-R-I-S-G-A-R-Y-9-2, A-B-E-N-J-A-1. So I, I can spell myself? D-Z-E-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-Z-D-
Definitely. And as far as the rest of the plugs, you know, Focus Fights. We cover prospects from all over the fight world, the scenes of six of the seven continents around the world. The fight action will be emphasized. Currently, Twitter, the Twitter account at Focus Fights is being under some weird Snoopy shit, I guess. But please do support it when we get that thing up and running or when we make another Twitter account. Other than that, you can check us out. I mean, you can check that particular account out on Facebook and Instagram at Focus Fights or search for them via YouTube or Google through Focus Fights. I mean, using Focus Fights in parentheses, of course. As far as the rest of the points go, MMA opinion, the best damn fight blog on Facebook. I'm getting my words twisted because I don't want to run too much time. But check out the MMA Opinion on Facebook, facebook.com slash the MMA Opinion. If you want to check out more about Deep Fighting Championship and all the events they have, they are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Deep Fighting Championships. They are on Twitter at Deep underscore official. And they are on, I mean, they are on YouTube, youtube.com slash user slash Deep2001TV. And their website. Their website is uh, d2001.com. Also, if you want to check out this podcast, feel free to check us out and listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and hopefully soon. And I keep beating this over your head, Andrew Benjamin, but I want to get this podcast onto any and all podcast providers. Of course. Do you think you can help me out with Podbean? I think I can. I think I can. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> okay, okay. But aside from that, we are about to go ahead and get up out of here. And considering the fact that this is, I mean, as of this recording, you know, we hope that y'all are... I mean, we hope that you, the fans who listen to us, who support us, who back up Japanese MMA every time we do a show like this, or every time you see one of us post anything about Japanese MMA, we thank y'all for listening. We thank y'all sharing, liking, tweeting, writing, whatever. But we also want to wish y'all, obviously, with this being April 11th, as of this recording, we call a happy Easter, a happy Passover, a happy whatever it is you celebrate on this, the second Sunday in April. And, you know, we hope that y'all are enjoying yourselves while going through this quarantine hell. But still, it's been fun talking with y'all. Hopefully, we'll be pulling out more of these shows soon. And, you know, it's been fun talking with you, Daniel. I hope we get a chance to talk to you more soon. And I hope that, you know, with this pretty much introduction to Polish MMA journalism, I mean, I hope that we can get more fans, more like-minded European fight fans like yourself to be a part of this podcast soon enough, even some from Poland. Thank you very much uh, for the for inviting me here. It was a pleasure to talk with you guys. If you have uh, any uh, questions about uh, Polish MMA, Polish uh, fight market, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, I will 
uh, I will uh, answer uh, for uh, every every question as I uh, can. Uh, so uh, stay healthy and uh, happy Easter for me and uh, once again stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And as we always like to close the show out, the great no, the great and legendary Lenny Hart, who's celebrating her 20th anniversary in combat sports this year, has one thing that she always likes to say. And with that, wow, this mug. It's been fun, but we gotta go. We'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>